Hi, I'm Andrew. And I'm Claire. And this is the Weekly Screening Podcast, where we review everything that's been on our screens this week and what's coming up next week. Just a brief warning before we start, there will be spoilers for everything we're going to discuss. So if you don't want to know about a show, film or game, then please skip ahead to the next section. Starting with films, we only have one this week and it's In Her Shoes 2005. We watched this because you've already purchased it on Netflix, no, Amazon. Yes. So why did you already have this film purchased? Back when I got rid of all my DVDs a few years ago, Lovely. A lot more years ago than I think now. I went and started purchasing my favourite ones because things weren't as readily available on streaming services back then. Now you can pretty much find any film on one of the services. Yeah. But back then it was mainly Netflix and Amazon Prime. Disney Plus wasn't a thing. And I wanted to make sure that I had my favourites on hand. So I have a selection of maybe between 10 and 15 that I have on Amazon Prime that are... My ultimate favourites, I'll always want to watch them at some point, and they were ones that uh, weren't as available on the streaming services. I don't think to this day I've actually seen In Her Shoes advertised I've anything. not seen it. It's I know the thumbnail now, and I've not recognised it across any of the streaming platforms. Yeah, I think it might have been available on Amazon Prime as a free-to-watch mm-hmm. at some point for a little bit, but it's definitely not one that pops up a lot. Like, you've got your classics. Mean Girls is normally on something and stuff like that, so they're quite safe. But this was one that I really liked, and I wanted to have it in the bank mm-hmm. so that it was there whenever I wanted to watch it. So I actually paid for this on Amazon Prime. Whoa. Can you remember how much you paid for it? Oh, I've got seven ninety nine in my head, but I don't think it was as expensive as that, if That's I'm honest. That's quite a standard price, I reckon, for yeah. purchasing a film rather than renting it. I feel like because it's not a popular one, it might have been a bit cheaper. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Okay. So why did this film make the cut of films to be purchased, specifically? I, I was a big Cameron Diaz fan. Kind of as I was growing up when I was a child and kind of young teenager, she was the it actress. She was in everything. I loved her. I just wanted to be here. I thought she was fantastic. I had pretty much all of her films and I just thought this story was really nice. I like that it centers around two sisters as an only child. It was really interesting for me to see the sister dynamic and I like her character arc in it. I like that she's not really a likable character, but she turns into a likable character. She realizes she's got to change There's a theme throughout the film that the three women in it, so her, her sister and her grandmother, I know we'll get into the plot, but that the three of them are lonely and they're missing that female connection. I thought that was just something that was kind of unique to a film because I feel like especially when these films were out, it was very rom-com-y and romance. So it was nice to see a different relationship Mm -hmm. shown. That's quite interesting, actually. Yeah. So I'll just do a quick overview of the film, which I managed to grab online. An irresponsible party girl, Maggie, who's played by Cameron Diaz, who we both love, is kicked out of her father and stepmother's home where she lives for free and is taken in by her hardworking sister and Philadelphia lawyer, Rose. Yep, who's played by Tony Collette. And after Maggie's disruptive ways ruin her sister's love life, Rose turns her out as well. But when their grandmother, who they never knew existed, comes into their life... 
Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> the sisters face some complicated truths about themselves and their families. So who is their grandmother played by again? Who'd you say? Shirley MacLaine. I've only recently just discovered her yeah. in Only Murderers in the Building season two, which yep. we're going to get into today. Yes. So it's like, I didn't know this woman existed until this week. Yeah. And she... now I've been bombarded with her. <laughs> She's the whole, seeing her crop up in Only Murders in the Building made me remember this film. I just knew that you wouldn't have seen it. Mm-hmm. So I thought, let's introduce you to In Her Shoes. Well, my initial reaction was that it was definitely a film of two halves. Yes. The second half being much better than the first, but you needed the first to give premise and context for the second half. But the second half's yes. just lighter, more comedic. Mm-hmm. It's just more fun and enjoyable to watch, even though there's a cliche ending. Yeah. yeah, well, it was the time of cliche endings. But I feel like I said to you that this film is very much two halves and it's a bit like Eat, Pray, Love, which you've not seen, no. where the first half is a bit, not a drag, but it's a bit down, but you need that to set up. It's kind of like you watch their life fall apart to see what they need to do to... Build it back up. Yeah, exactly. The cast. Let's go over the cast. So we love Cameron Diaz. You've already said yeah. you love her. I love her because she was in just a really good amount of films around that time period. Mm-hmm. I would say probably about 10. That You know, she played roughly the same character. So, I'd say similar. in the majority of them, but she played it so well. Mm-hmm. And then it seemed that she just dipped her toes into Hollywood for about... 10 years and then went away again yeah. before she got stale or before she ended up being shit shows. So good on her. That's a bit sad. I don't think all women are just going to go stale in cinema. No, I'm not going on about women. I'm going okay. on about shows in general just now. New all shows, right. I would say, are generally... I don't know. I hope that her choice to stop making films was her own and not that she stopped getting cast. Or that she was on it just to make money and she made her money and thought, I've made enough. I can just piss off now yeah. and retire. Yeah, I but hope you know that's what? what happened. Good honour if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Tony Collette, who mm-hmm. plays Rose, she played it really well. Yeah. I only know her from Knife Sight. Yes. Is there anything else you know her from? About, is it About a Boy? Is that, is that the one with Hugh Grant? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's quite a sad film. It is. We she, had to watch it in school. Yeah, she plays the mum. She plays the, the mum. The little boy's mum. I've not, I've not seen that film in years. Yeah, is that's that, the only other thing I know her from. I'm not looking forward to watching that again to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's not the cheeriest <laughs> film. You had mentioned Maggie's character arc. Yes. Do you want to give me a brief description of her arc over the film? I think she's still quite young and naive and she's very much living off her looks. She doesn't really... I don't know because she's the baby in the family and their mum died when she was... In particular, she was really young. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the whole family kind of babied her, but she's never grown up. She still acts like a teenager. She gets by on her looks. Yeah. It kind of all comes to a head where Rose, quite rightly, has enough of her. So not only is she like getting her car towed away, even though she didn't ask to borrow it. There's just a, a bunch of things that go wrong and it all comes to a head when she sleeps with Rose's... I was going to say boyfriend. No, it's, it's more, more of like... a one night stand that she had. But, but it she wasn't... still sees on a regular basis. Well, yeah, because it wasn't just a one-night stand in that set. They worked together, and I think that was like a start of a kind of relationship. Or one that she was hoping for. She was hoping for, but then obviously, as soon as he slept with her sister, that's that done. And that it's her boss as well. So then she also doesn't go back to work because, I mean, how could you, mm. how could you face that? Yeah, essentially, Maggie pretty much ruins her life. And she tells her to get out. She's like, I've had enough. I can't keep doing this. It's time to cut you out. 
And Rose called her stupid, which really yeah. hits Maggie quite hard because she's dyslexic but yes. doesn't really own up to it. Yeah, I think she's embarrassed because even in 2005, dyslexia still wasn't a thing like it is now. Now it's totally fine to say to people, oh, I'm dyslexic. But back then, it probably was hidden a bit more. Did you have any people in your class that were dyslexic? Not in primary school, but then when I got older, there was a couple in high school. And then when I went into art school, I was almost the odd one out for not being dyslexic. There's a really high percentage of dyslexic students in art school because the way a dyslexic brain works is you tend to tap into your creative side more. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. But a lot of people that were in my class only got diagnosed with dyslexia at university level at art school, Mm. which is crazy. So I can see why Maggie, because Maggie didn't go to college or university, I can see why it might have been missed. It might have just been... Or, well, it's diagnosed because she knew she, she was dyslexic, mm-hmm. but why nothing had ever been done about it. It's quite a sad scene when she gets caught out yeah. when she goes to audition for MTV to be a presenter. Yeah, she's all confident, looking gorgeous. And, and then... the first task is made to read something off the auto cue. Yeah. And she struggles. Yeah. And she keeps going, I can do it, I can do it, but she can't. Yeah. And it's quite evident then that she's got dyslexia because they don't actually outright say it. They don't say it until she's working at the senior center and meets the old professor and he says what is it dyslexia and she says what are you a teacher so yeah up until that point you don't fully know so that's the pretense for maggie for someone that's uh, an only child yeah how did that sibling dynamic seem to you of a sister who's sleeping or slept with you know your sister's future partner potentially you've yeah. ruined that relationship for them you've stolen from them you've ruined their car you're ruining their life I'd be glad that I didn't have a sister that you can meet. (laughs) (laughs) But I do, I always find it interesting as an only child. And I think you obviously have a sister, so you Mm. know what, but then you know from a brother-sister point of view. But I think a sister-sister relationship from seeing friends of mine who have them, it it, obviously it doesn't normally get as bad as that, but it can be a bit lover-hate and a bit like what Rose said, like I would do anything for her even though she drives me crazy. What's well, family, isn't it? That's the normal pretense yeah. to family is you do anything for them. Yeah. We've spoken about Maggie. Mm-hmm. I would like you to give me a bit more in depth about Rose's character arc. So what is she like at the start? Rose at the start is all work and no play, essentially. So she is seen to be the kind of opposite of Maggie where, not that she doesn't care about her looks because she definitely does. but she's, she's, a, she's a plain Jane. Yeah, and she's insecure about her looks. I think growing up in a house with Maggie must have been very difficult because she is beautiful like there's no and she's full of confidence she gets all the attention from guys yeah and I think Rose was supposed to be the responsible one she was older I think she's a few years older than Maggie it's not a particularly close age range by the sounds of it it's not like one or two years I think it's more like they look about the same age though yeah but I suppose that would kind of happen as you get Mm. older anyway the age difference is more prevalent when you're younger but she was the responsible one she was the one that was told to look after her sister so she's very much taken on that role and she's kind of taken it to an extreme where uh, yeah everything's about work she doesn't really enjoy herself in her free time you see rose's character arc as not turning into the party girl like maggie but just growing in confidence becoming more sure of herself being a bit more fun and taking life a little less seriously. I think as terrible 
as the whole thing is with her sister sleeping with her boss and her having to leave her job and cutting her sister Mm -hmm. out you see that that was very much needed for her to make the changes that she needed to make so it wasn't just Maggie kind of being the bad sibling and then having to learn how to be a good one it was also Rose learning that you can enjoy your life and you don't need to take it so seriously and yeah growing confidence realizing she does have stuff to offer to the world. Building on from that it's quite nice to see that when she meets a guy Simon Mm -hmm. that he likes her for her and she's genuinely surprised by that. Yeah it's not just that he likes this kind of newer more confident version he says I've liked you since my first because they met at work as well he's like I liked you Mm -hmm. since the first day I started in that office I've always liked who you are I love you just as you are you you see it where um the first time they go to sleep together she keeps turning the lights off and he keeps turning them back on because he's trying to say to her I love you as you are stop trying to hide who you are I think you're beautiful you don't need to be insecure that was quite lovely it was a nice moment I really like as much as I feel the main story focuses on Maggie's character arc Rose I feel is more familiar to a lot of women out there who feel insecure and maybe feel overshadowed not necessarily by a sibling but sometimes like a friend or something they're not meaning to but I think that was a really interesting thing that they explored as well another interesting point that's quite relevant for us is the freedom that she gets by quitting her job to do something (laughs) that she loves is something that you're going through currently my last day at my work is Tuesday and I can't wait and I already feel freer you'll be quitting office life and getting into freelance working by yourself so you can relate almost to rose Mm -hmm. by the pressures of having to work Mm -hmm. that much as a woman especially yeah in a male dominated yeah in a workforce which is what you're currently in yeah in a male dominated field and how nice if freeing it is to just be like i'm done (laughs) i want to just do my own thing live my nice little life and not think about work all the time so how does their grandmother come into it she was their mother's mother when their mother died they lost contact with their grandmother. Their mum had mental health issues and we find out she died in a car accident, but it wasn't an accident, unfortunately. She did it on purpose and... It's quite dark for a, yeah. a comedy-ish film. Yeah, well, I think it it's more drama at the start and then the mm-hmm. comedy comes in the, in the second half. But their dad and their grandmother had arguments about how best to manage their mother's illness and the care that she needed and then the car the car crash was the kind of the big thing that split that relationship so they actually thought their grandma was dead you hear Maggie say that because she says oh what must you have thought you haven't heard from me in all these years she's like I just thought you were dead you see that she's also living a bit of a lie like her friends in the retirement community she doesn't tell them about her daughter or anything like that she hides her family from them i got it that she didn't want to bring them up because it would bring back sad memories yeah i think it's also difficult to admit yes i had a daughter but she committed suicide and i have grandchildren but i'm estranged Mm. from them like i can understand why she would just not say any of that it also goes against the natural order of things that a parent having to bury a child Yes, yes. Yeah. You, you're trying to think if I got that the right way around, <laughs> weren't you? <laughs> How does Rose and Maggie come into the grandmother's life at the end? So Maggie finds all the birthday cards and Christmas cards and everything that their grandmother had sent them, but their dad had hidden. So Maggie finds them and realises, hang on, 
I have a grandmother somewhere. So when Rose kicks her out and she's got nowhere else to go, that's where she goes. When that relationship reconnects, the grandmother steps in and says, I want to meet your sister as well and invites her around. By that point, Maggie's grown as a person and Rose is more turning into a bit more confident in everything. And they repair their relationship because they, they've got no choice they're stuck in that house mm. of the grandmother they also have realized by that point that they miss each other and they need each other in their lives so it's time to put the, the bad blood aside <laughs> and and come back together again become sisters yeah the main turning point for maggie which i thought was really sweet was her relationship with her elderly patient yes yeah so he's a professor yeah. That got her to read a passage of a poem. Mm-hmm. I think he could sort of guess that she had learning difficulties. Yeah, read- so How, is learning difficulties, is that dyslexia or is that reading difficulties? What's the best way to, to d- say it? Just dyslexia, yeah. yeah. She, she was struggling to read and he, he guessed pretty straight away that it was dyslexia. He kind of coaxes her into reading by saying, poetry's supposed to be slow, don't worry. He's blind and unfortunately can't read. There's really that relationship but I think between that and between the grandmother's belief in Maggie is the turning point for her. Good for it. Mm-hmm. And the finale, we get a nice cliche where the sisters make up. Yeah. It ends on a big Jewish wedding yep. at the back of a... What's it? Jamaican jerk hut. Jamaican jerk hut. Yeah. What even is that? It's the type of food. Right, we don't, we don't really have that over here. There's actually a Jamaican restaurant where I come from. Is it? Yeah. Inverness? Yeah, it's called... There's Co- a Jamaican jerk hut in Inverness. It's called Cool Runnings. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. I don't know if it's still there, but it's called Cool Runnings. So I do have a little bit of trivia about yeah. the show. So the film was originally planned to have Tony Collette as Maggie. Oh, no. And Sarah Michelle Geller. Who's that? As Rose Feller. Who's, who's that? Uh, is that Buffy? Yeah, that's Buffy. So Buffy would have played Rose. Okay. No, I don't say that. No. No, they definitely... They made the right choice. Yeah, she probably would have made a good Maggie, but Toni Collette plays the serious roles better than I feel that Cameron Diaz would. And I don't know about Buffy. She might have been able to do the serious bit, but Maggie had to be so bubbly. And I think Cameron Diaz was a good casting for that because it's she's exactly like Cameron Diaz's characters. Like that could have been Mary and something about Mary, like that kind of, it just, it just mm-hmm. works. It just works. There's a nice bit of trivia as well that I find about it. In the book, because this was a book before. Oh, I might read that then. Yeah. The dog that Maggie steals was originally a purebred pug. Okay. Okay. Now, however, the director opted to change this because he cited that movies tend to inspire people to adopt the same type of breed as dog as you would see in the film yeah so he opted for a mixed breed hoping that it would inspire people to adopt a shelter pet instead oh stop that's so lovely oh that makes me want to cry it's lovely that's isn't it? so lovely but a book yeah so I'm... does that make you want to maybe read yeah it does book? but then i will get upset if it strays from the movie oh god it's, maybe not yeah sometimes it's better not to do that <laughs> <laughs> so finally your rating for this nine i think yeah yeah it's i've thought about 10 but maybe a nine i'm gonna go eight and a half okay yeah so near yours just not not what i would say up to par with the comedy movies that were around that time yeah especially I it's other, a bit more of a drama than a comedy maybe it's because i went into it thinking it was a comedy fully oh, okay that i maybe got let down a wee bit by my expectations 
Yeah, I'd say it's a yeah, it's more of a drama than a comedy. I think the comedic relief is needed because mm-hmm. if not, it'd be quite a heavy film. I was going to discuss Killers of the Flower Moon, but I haven't had a chance to watch that yet because yeah. it's three and a half hours long for Christ's sake. Yeah. So we'll may- <laughs> save that for next. I'll maybe week. leave that for next week or the week after, whenever we get time. Yeah. Let's get on to TV shows now. Yes. First one we've got is a show that I'm watching just now called Echo. Yes. So this is available on Disney Plus. The new Marvel one. Yes. So it's only on season one just now. I have a funny feeling it's only going to remain season one because it's just one of these one season and they're done. I think so. Yeah, I would say so. I'm on episode four just now. So I've only got one episode left, which is the finale. I find it really strange that they've done it in five parts. Six parts is the normal number of episodes in a short series, would you say? Yeah, five just... It's kind of in between. I feel like you'd either go three or go like ten. Mm. Very oh well, very odd. So I'm watching this because it's the next instalment in the MCU timeline. Yeah. Do you know anything about the character in Echo, Maya Lopez? The actress or the character? The character. The character. I know that she's deaf. Do you know anything else about her? Is that just from you casually watching it with me? No, I saw... Oh, you didn't watch Strictly that year. Uh, Rose that won Strictly a couple of years ago, she'd actually posted about Echo because it's a, it's the main character is deaf in it and she does a lot for deaf actors and their deaf representation. So I saw it there first before you started watching it. Because ah, she was excited that there was a deaf character in the MCU. So I just learned the last couple of days that the actress is actually deaf in real life. Like she's not just acting. That's good. I'm glad that they cast an actual deaf character in Deaf Row because I hate when they do that i'm like give give the deaf mm-hmm. actor work so that's that's really good and it's not one of these it feels like she was picked just because she was deaf she actually brings a lot to the role and she's, she's, a, a, yeah. she's a really good actress in this and she's an amputee yeah she's she's well. a great she actress kicks ass. yeah she does she does kick ass that just shows that if you write well and you cast well representation works because sometimes recently it just didn't work as well like the little mermaid everybody said that if you didn't like the casting of that it was racist but i would say it was just because the film was terrible the plot was but bad the, it just she just wasn't as she wasn't ariel she just wasn't ariel so it's nothing to do with that it's just oh was it joaquin phoenix yes yeah he was a fantastic trident because he was cast well, but I feel like... Was that, have I got the actor wrong? I think so. Yes, I have. He's the oh. guy in Joker. <laughs> Not him. In uh, um, Napoleon. Oh, what's his name? Hang on. Are we Googling live on air here? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually Javier, isn't it? Javier. Javier Bardem. I always get them confused. Javier Bardem was an excellent trident. So if you're casting well, it's fine. But if, if people are having... A problem with the cast with who you've picked that snow let's just talk about snow white very quickly the new live action snow white it should be somebody like anne hathaway who looks like snow white that's a good choice actually yeah better than the current person they've got yeah that's what i'm saying looks nothing like her and doesn't even like the original film so echo i think the casting was fantastic she's great in it she's she's a really really good actress echo follows the aftermath of the 2022 series Hawkeye. You didn't see that, did you? No, I know who Hawkeye is, but... Hawkeye the new. (laughs) (laughs) This follows Maya Lopez, who is a former assassin and adopted daughter of the villain Kingpin 
William Fisk. What a great bad guy. I said, because I haven't seen Kingpin in anything before. And I said to you straight away, what a great bad guy. He's got an on-screen presence, doesn't he? Yeah. Because he's a big dude, but not muscly big. No. Just a big presence. Intimidating. And I'm loving the white suits. Oh, it's good, isn't it? That uh, wardrobe choice. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So he's the sort of main villain and he runs the crime in New York, which is where Hawkeye was based. And the show finished up by saying in Hawkeye that Kingpin had put the hit on her dad that killed him. Maya's dad? Yeah. Okay. So Maya found that out and then shoots him. Yes, I saw that. It fades away and that's the sort of end of their characters in the MCU you were to believe until they've picked it back up for Echo. So you're led to believe that Kingpin is dead. Okay. We'd think that, wouldn't you? Because she shoots him. I think it's also shot that she shoots him in the face. Yeah. So you think, okay, he's he's a John Doe. <laughs> is that right? Is that a thing? I don't... It sounded right in my head. <laughs> okay. So the actual series Echo is about her going home to reconnect with the people of her past. But then she learns that Kingpin is alive. Mm. So I think that she just shot him in the eye. Yeah. I think, so I think he's lost an eye or whatever. So he looks okay. a bit even more creepy and weird and intimidating than before i might be showing my lack of biology here but you'd think if you shot somebody in the eye it would go to their brain no no your brain's above your eye oh is it okay (laughs) maybe mine isn't (laughs) small as it is (laughs) so she destroys an armory with a bomb in order to get his attention and that's when they end up coming back together and you sort of learn about the kingpin in Maya's past and their relationship mm. and how she was brought up surrounded by violence. There's two scenes in particular that I want to talk to you about. One is where kingpin is with a very young Maya, maybe 10 years old. Mm. They're driving past, uh, or he's driving past, and he sees a bloke, I think a hot dog vendor, being rude to Maya. So he stops, gets out the car, tells her to get in the car and wait takes him in an alley, beats the fuck out of him. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, I need to change my suit so Maya doesn't see. And then Maya runs up to him and he goes, oh, oh, oh what's she going to do? And she ends up kicking the bloke. Ooh. And I'm thinking, ooh, that's not where I thought that was going to go. No. A little bit dark. Yeah. But quite liked it. It's a bit different. And then we fast forward to her having a conversation with Kingpin in his house. But because she's deaf, he needs an interpreter. Mm-hmm. So once they've had a conversation... He then orders the execution of the interpreter, who's just an innocent woman. Shame. She takes him into the next door. Or he takes her into the next door and his goons just... Poof, they've already got tarp laid out. Oh, that's... Oh, God. Yeah, it's a bit more brutal then. Yeah. Than you'd hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I quite liked it, to be honest. It's different. Yeah, it is different. I feel like MCU has gotten very kid-friendly, which I understand because kids love action heroes and superheroes and stuff like that but i feel like it lost its edge a bit let's be honest it's gotten shit yeah oh yeah yeah. no i I wasn't gonna cover like everybody knows it's gotten shit but i mean since no way home the mcu has been quite pants even before that i think that was kind of a last hurrah but there's a couple of films before that that weren't even that great really yeah i'd honestly say after endgame yeah, so Spider-Man was the last film. I think there was two Spider-Man films after Endgame, but they were in short succession. Yeah, but I feel like they were like the exception after Endgame. Yeah. Pretty much everything after Endgame has been shit. 
because Black Panther was the first one was before Endgame, wasn't it? Yep, yeah. that was great. Yeah, so that's what I mean. That was like that was when it was at its peak almost, and then after that, other than Spider Man, it's been shit. <laughs> I think that's just Disney as a whole going through the whole political agenda. So yeah, let's fingers... not talk about Wish either. No, let's just, fingers <laughs> crossed they're going to change. But yeah. this was a. A good step in the right direction. I, I had read reports that Echo was giving fans hope again. Yes. It's like, oh, hang on. There's maybe still some magic there. Speaking of magic, a great segue this is. So You're welcome. She's found to be a descendant of the Choctaw people, who are a Native American tribe, and Maya possesses the ability to call upon the strength of her ancestors. Just quickly, I recognised one of her relatives. Her granddad? He was in Twilight. He was Billy Black in Twilight. Billy, I said to B- you. Billy Black? Yep. What a good name. Oh, wait. Yeah, it was Billy Black. It wasn't Harry Clearwater. I'm pretty sure. Oh, you're, you're asking me. Oh, I know. On Twilight. But yeah, th- he was in good Twilight. Luck. So he switched from Twilight to MCU. A lot of people would say that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> He's quite good. Yeah. So not only is she a skilled assassin, very good with martial arts and firearms, now she's got super strength. Yes. But I think she's only got super strength when she needs it. Okay, so not permanently. No, not not like not, not so far. Okay. No, I give you credit for knowing Thor. So there we go. I know Thor. I know the, the main MCU characters. Mm. I know all the characters and stuff about them. I just pick and choose what films I want to watch. Oh, I don't follow that at all. <laughs> well, maybe like, we'll speak about that at the end. Nobody okay. wants to watch Captain America. Oh. <laughs> I thought that at the beginning, and then I ended up getting quite into it. Okay. Right, so let's talk quickly more about the cast. Yes. So shout out to Vincent D'Onofrio. He plays Kingpin. Fantastic. Fantastic Again, fantastic casting. I think then you would enjoy the Daredevil TV series, which is about Daredevil and Kingpin and how he emerges. Yeah, probably, because he's a really good character. One of the points that I thought was quite funny was whenever one of the characters has to have a an aggression or shout towards Maya who's deaf you know how do you show aggression to someone who's deaf with just words like a family member you almost have to sign language aggressively yeah well I suppose a lot of if but you, you if can't shout yeah but if somebody's been aggressive towards you a lot of the time it isn't the volume it's the mm-hmm. the way they look very true it's it's yeah so there were instances I'd where people were that's... mad at Maya yeah. And it was quite funny to see, maybe not funny is the right word, but see them aggressively sign language. Yeah, but I suppose it's like if you're shouting, you, you would use, or angry, you would use your hands more. You do mm. become more animated. You don't just, a lot of the time. I Although also, if you want to be a really creepy bad guy, yeah. you're not animated at all. I also give props to everyone that learned ASL there. Fantastic. I'd really like to learn BSL, British Sign Language. I know little bits and pieces, but... I just, I honestly think it's something that should be taught in school. Even the basics of how to like ask somebody, like, are they okay? Can I help? How are you? Stuff like that. If we can learn the basics of French, we should be learning the basics of of BSL. I think it's also just a handy way to communicate. Yeah. Like being able to like. Also, if you've got a really sore throat and can't talk. Well, yeah, like I get, now I get strep throat every year Mm -hmm. for a week where I can't really speak. And it just imagine how easy it would be if I could just sign to you. I think you should do that more often, love. <laughs> just, <laughs> just stop talking altogether. Yep. But I just think it was it was really great to see. And 
for me as somebody who's dipping in and out of it while you were watching it, it made it a lot more interesting. So we spoke about the violence. One of my favourite scenes was in the bowling alley where she beats up a lot of goons. And before she does that... Goons. Goons. It's a good word, isn't it? You don't get to use that word anymore. Goons. You're a goon. Is she turns the music on so loud that they have problems hearing. Clever. And I thought it's a really good way to even out the playing field. Clever. And she, she, she kicks everybody's ass. I think there's about 20 of them. She just murks them. Just to go on a bit of a, a segue there, um, go on a bit of a tangent there. I saw a brilliant TikTok the other day. I think I saved it to show you, actually. And it was a guy on a podcast who was talking about how his both his parents are deaf, but he's not deaf. And he was saying that one time at 6am, he's Glaswegian, like proper Glaswegian. One time at 6am, he could hear his dad hedge trimming. And so he signed out the window, he got up out of his bed and signed out the window to him like, Dad, what are you doing? This is so loud. And his dad signed with, I think he signed the back with like one hand, like, sounds like a you problem. <laughs> he's like, I can't hear, so I don't really care if it's like, I thought that, he was like, that just sums up who my dad is. He just signed back like, sounds like a you problem, oh. I'm fine. <laughs> You have to show me that one later on. Yeah, it's good. One of the things I liked about this was in the first episode, they had a Daredevil appearance. Mm. What do you know of Daredevil? Honestly, not a lot. I couldn't even picture what he looked like. He's in a red suit. Uh, yeah, I maybe could have guessed that, but the only red suit I know is Deadpool. So the main thing about Deadpool is that he's blind. Daredevil. What did I say? Deadpool. Dead- I, com- oh, I confused you. you. <laughs> yeah, so Daredevil yes. is blind. But he can oh, okay. use his hearing really well. So that's how he manages to beat up people as he can sense where they are. Ah, that's cool. Would you be interested in watching? Yeah, I would be actually. Yeah. I think they've got a new project with Daredevil. I can't remember if it's a show or a film. But I'm definitely sure they announced that there was a Daredevil media coming soon. Okay. Which makes me think that they're not going to kill Kingpin in the mm. season finale. Because they need him. Yeah. You know, he's what made Daredevil. Yeah. But no, I'm really enjoying it show, uh, show so, so, far. so far. The point where I'm at is Kingpin has just invited Maya to go back to New York with him. And I'm intrigued to see... What she chooses. Yeah, I'm going to assume that she says no. And there's okay. going to be a standoff in the finale where I think they both survive. Okay. That's my that's, your that's my gut feeling. That's my gut feeling. It's your prediction. So the next Marvel media is Deadpool 3, which is out in July. So mm. we're probably going to go and see that. Deadpool yeah. 2 was a bit pants. The first one was great. Yeah, first one was great. The only thing I know about this one is it's got Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine. Okay, you've brought me in a little bit now. Yeah. But is he, is he not getting a bit old now? I feel really bad saying they that. They killed but... him off. Did they? Yeah, they killed off Wolverine. I, d- I don't... In Logan. I, don't, I haven't seen Logan. I've seen X-Men, some of the X-Men, but I've not seen Logan. Logan was a fantastic film. I've heard One that. day we're going to have to watch that because it's like a rated R Marvel film. It's just, a, and I think it's maybe an hour and a half, two hours, and it's just an adult film about Wolverine's final year. You know, until you mentioned to me that X-Men are coming to Marvel that I didn't realise that they were part of the universe at all. Well, they're part of Marvel, but they're not part of the MCU. I couldn't even tell you they were part of Marvel, if no. I'm honest. I thought they were a different kind of comic. You know, you've got like Marvel, DC, DC, Archie. Yeah, I didn't realise that that was part of the Marvel franchise, I'll be honest. Okay. So that was interesting. Deadpool 3, I think we'll go to, that'll be the next Marvel one I think we cover. Okay. Next up, we have Ant and Dex, Limitless Win. This was a good bit of Saturday Night Telly for us. So this was season three, episode three. I really want to go on it. (laughs) (laughs) Really want us to go on it. To see what we can win. Yeah. 
So we're watching this again just because of the large prize money you can win mm -hmm. and it's got Ant and Deck. Yeah. So very quick overview on how it works. There's a money ladder. The more questions you answer, the higher up you go. All the answers are numbers. If you guess an answer over the correct one, you're out. If you guess an answer under the correct one, you lose lives depending on how much you were under by. If you guess correctly, you bank the money and you gain lives. Yeah. So this episode, there was a pair of cousins with the same name. Adele and Adele. And worked in the same... They were both police officers. Both, I don't know if they worked in the same station, but they were both police officers. Both coppers. Yeah. One of the first questions they got asked was about fruit pastels. Yeah. So it was how many fruit pastels are in a standard packet or tube? I said 12. I said 8. 8? There's no way there's going to be 8. That would I be think, a very small pack. No, I think I thought they were bigger than they were. There's a lot of things that are like that. Because like, when it showed the picture, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But I think, yeah, it's a bit like how I... You try and think about it though, if you try and open up the pack in your hand, yeah. you couldn't imagine more than 10, No, I would say. That's what I thought. Even though I said 12. So yeah. the correct answer is 14. That's way too many. <laughs> so what is your favourite fruit pastel? It used to be the green ones, but I don't know if it would be now. Oh, that's mine. Yeah. Oh, see, we can eat a packet of fruit pastels I'm together. a paddy, see, so I've got to like the, or half paddy. Half paddy. So I've got to like the green ones. Yeah. Uh, green ones are always my favourites and stuff like that, but it's changing as I get older. So the next question that got asked was, what is the minimum height of a Yorkshire pudding? <laughs> According to the Royal Society of Chemistry. We had a lot of debate about this, didn't we? We were well under. I thought it was going to be like four centimetres. I thought four. I would have gone four. And it turns out to be ten. A hundred mil. Like four inches. See, I thought ten would be like the perfect one. And because it said minimum, mm -hmm. I was thinking like, how flat can you go before it's a pancake <laughs> and not Yorkshire pudding? So I thought 10 would be the perfect one, but turns out that's the minimum. Oh, we love a Yorkshire pudding. To be classed as a Yorkie. See a wee bit of gravy in the middle oh, of a stop. Yorkshire pudding. You get me hungry. Me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Next up they had, how long does the NHS tell you a broken nose takes to heal? Well, we were way off. You said seven days. Well, no, I thought it was two weeks. Because it's, I, I would have thought two weeks, but in this game... I was like, maybe it's actually healed after a week, but it takes like another week for like the bruising and everything mm. to go down. No, I was wrong. 21 days, three yeah, weeks. I knew it had to be like, it was either going to be 7, 10, 14 or 21. Yeah. That sort of range. I said 14. Yeah. Well off again. Three yeah. weeks. Yeah. It's quite a long time. It is quite a long time, but I suppose it is a broken bone. No, they got that question wrong. Yeah. So they'd managed to bank up 50 grand with no lives left. Yeah. And then the question was, how long is the maximum time an ice cream van can play music for? What a wild question. So they had no Le lives legally. left. Legally. Is legally. Is it legally? Yeah, it's legally. Because they were joking about how, because they're police officers, they're like, we've never had to deal with, <laughs> deal with that. We've never had anybody phone and no. complain about a theme, uh, ice cream van's theme tune being too long. Yeah. But this was one of those questions where you don't really know the right answer unless you know it. No, unless you were an ice cream van driver and yeah. even then. And they've got no lives left. So they no. just banked the money, 50 grand. The sad thing was, is they were told you can make a guess at what you think the answer was. Yeah. And they guessed 12 seconds. And it was right. It was right. It, I'm pretty oh. sure that would have got them 750 grand. But, oh, that's that's just brutal. But then you, you try and not think about that. Yeah, there's no point thinking about that because they, they really had no idea. It was just a fluke that they said 12 seconds. It wasn't like they were kind of sure it was a, no. it was just a plucked out the sky guess 
But 50 grand, I'd fucking take that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Britain's Crumbling Schools, which is a BBC panorama. Yeah. So this is a show that we said we would watch because yeah. we're interested in it. We're interested in it because of the rack crisis last year and how most mm-hmm. schools and buildings, to be honest, that were built after the war were built with rack concrete. Which is like aerated concrete. So think of an aero bar. Cheap. An aero chocolate bar. That's why I just think of cheap. Cheap. So it's got the life expectancy of 30 years. And obviously it's way past that now. And they're now starting to see issues of buildings crumbling, including schools. Yeah. And the government has been quite slow to react to this because of all the initial cost. Yeah. But the longer you wait with this sort of thing, the more, the, expensive, the it more expensive it's going to get. Yeah. But they just seem unwilling to put forward that initial investment. Mm-hmm. So this show was an investigation into the current state of British schools and they stated that currently 700,000 kids are learning in unsafe schools. That's so sad, isn't it? Considering we're a first world country, that's so sad. We're the United Kingdom, like this is not a developing country. No. We're called a developed country. Yeah, we're supposed to be in like the top, I don't know, but we're in like the top 10 or 20 countries in the world, I'm pretty sure. I don't think anymore. Well, no, we're... No. No. <laughs> it's just a shame. Like, I can't... Some of the stuff that's going on in the UK just now, I can't actually... I know we've, we've talked about it on a few episodes now, mm-hmm. but it is just... I can't quite believe it. No. At one school, they said two-thirds were shut down and closed off and nothing's been done. No. So in the corridor, it's just filled up with scaffolding and tape. And the teacher had said, when would you ever think this would be a developed school yeah school in in the uk i know the government have done nothing about it apart from they're bussing the kids to one lesson in another school and that's it they've put up like marquees and temporary schooling in the the surrounding areas that's so sad i know it's sad they said one in scotland the pupils actually had to sellotape one of the windows shut yeah the music room had leaks yeah they they said that nobody wanted to practice music anymore because you could see your breath it was so cold Yep. Do you remember that image where we saw the pupils actually using gloves in the classroom? Yeah. And the pupils were complaining about they can't write. Yeah, they can't write. They can't hold a pencil properly with gloves on. I was like, that's a bunch of 10-year-olds. I know. That should not be the case. No. In the United, in the UK. Oh, it, just, it does make you angry about how none of this was picked up sooner. I know. Well, fingers crossed after this investigation, something's going to get done. Hopefully. What was your school like? Was it an old building? My primary school was. My primary school wasn't the best, but it has since been rebuilt. Really? They've not rebuilt the whole thing, but they've modernised it a lot. It it mm. looks completely different to when oh, I was wow. there. Yeah. Wait, that, that's good. That's at least one step. Yeah. And my high school is... It was okay. There were some porter cabins, but I believe it's on the list to be the next one to be redone. So uh, they were going around the high schools in order of the oldest and rebuilding them. So they were rebuilding them on the like football pitch and then they'd knock down the old building once it was built and that would become the new football pitch. So I think my high school was the next on the, the list. Okay. What, was, what were your schools like? My school was quite old at the time, but it was just what everyone expected. Yeah. Like I think where there was one school in the whole, I would say, 20 mile radius that had been done up mm. where every other school looked the same, looked like it hadn't been touched since the 70s. Yeah. And Which they probably had. Yeah, been. like you could see some parts of the building already starting to go, but it was just what you expected. You didn't think it was dangerous. 
No, that's true. You but, just thought it needed kind of like yeah. a lick of paint, not that it was actually going to crumble on you. Yeah, so fingers crossed somebody does something because it does need to change. Now let's get into a good thing, So shall yeah, we? something a bit cheerier. Only Murders in the Building Season 2. Yeah, so we watched Season 1 last year in September when we were both ill. <laughs> COVID. We, yeah, we both had COVID in September last year. And I'd seen it advertised a lot and I'd heard a couple of people talk about it. And I said, let's let's give this a go. And we really liked it. So this was us now coming into season two. And we're hooked. Yeah, it's great. Season one is essentially three strangers who live in the same New York City apartment building, share an obsession with true crime. True crime s- podcasts. Is it true crime and true crime podcasts? No, just true crime podcasts. Oh, well, there you go. You know better than the person who wrote this. <laughs> Suddenly find themselves embroiled in a murder. And they make a crime podcast along the way. There's been a murder. There's been there's been a murder. Only Scottish people get that <laughs> reference. <laughs> so what was your quick thoughts on season one? Just an overall quick Clever thoughts. concept. That's exactly what I wrote. Yeah, clever concept. I liked that they were unlikely friends, but they'd found a common connection. I, I liked that part. It's a dynamic that I've not really seen before. Yeah, it was it's, also... It's two older gentlemen and a young girl in her what would you say late 20s early 30s oh i was gonna go a bit a bit younger than that maybe like mid no. um, yeah maybe late 20s yeah but there's nothing weird about it they're all just friends yeah it was just and they would they never would have connected if it wasn't for the murder in the building and their love of two crime podcasts <laughs> so that, that was quite nice yeah. it was a really good casting choice as well great cast. so we've got martin short who i wasn't that familiar with before I've, i can't was he in meet the parents and meet the Falkers? was he not the other dad oh yeah, yes you're right sure the fucker's dad. dad yeah mm-hmm. yes you're correct they had steve martin who i love yeah he's one of my favorite comedic actors of all time mm-hmm. and then selena gomez which is a strange Ch- choice yeah. but it works it, it works seems, really well it seems to work for the show mm-hmm. can you remember much about the finale of it they solved the murder and who was it that done it jan who funnily enough played jan in the office <laughs> No, she didn't play no, Jan. she played Holly. She played Holly. Yeah, Jan who played Holly in The Office. And she was Martin... Sh- no, she was... Steve Martin. Steve Charles. Martin's... Charles. Steve Martin's character, Charles. <laughs> she was his love interest. And it turns out she was actually the murderer. Oh, that was, that was tough going. You got it out there. Too many Martins and mm. shorts and... So now we're coming on to season two. So the characters... Mabel, Charles and Oliver are taken into custody following Bunny's murder. Ah, yeah, that was actually the finale, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Was you saw Bunny who was, she lived in the building and she was kind of the, the caretaker sounds like she was a janitor. She wasn't that. She was like. They have a special word for it. Is it the president? Yeah, they do. I can't remember. Uh, She was, what do you mean? was the the board president or something? She's the board president? I don't know. But she was in charge of the block of. The, the she was in charge of the building. Yeah. About what went what went on. And she got murdered, and it looked like it was Mabel that did it. But it was the three of them got arrested. Yes, because they were all at the scene of the crime. And then they got released shortly afterwards due to a lack of evidence. Yeah. However, Mabel then tries to distance herself from any crime-related topics, including doing the podcast. Yeah. With Charles and Oliver. What are your thoughts on crime podcasts, murder podcasts? I don't personally listen to them because I am basically scared of my own shadow. And if I feel I, like your mum would listen to them though. Oh, my mum would. My mum reads books where if somebody's not being chopped up, it's not interesting to her. She did joke that she'd be able to commit the perfect murder because she's read all these crime books. 
it's not a genre I'm a particular fan of because like I said I'm basically scared of my own shadow so if I listen to true crime podcasts I would never walk the dog alone again (laughs) so that's probably why I don't it is a big genre that people are into especially women for some reason are really into crime crime books crime podcasts crime documentaries like true crime in the UK yeah true crime is a big big money they cut there's like a cozy crime um cozy that cannot be a thing yeah cozy crime is the thing no, no, I'm not. I'm not on that one. So your the finale. What were your thoughts on it? Of season we, two. Yeah, because we thought it was Tina Fey. Yeah, which I, is what it was built up to in the penultimate episode. What I like with season one and season two is it's very much a who done it, and it's actually difficult to figure out who done it, which I appreciate mm-hmm. because I I would have hated to have watched it, and for it to be pretty obvious. But both of us in season one and season two were kept guessing the whole time. And even in the finale, you're like, oh, it's Tina Fey. Oh, mm. no, wait, it's Cara Delevingne. And then it was revealed who, who it actually was. And you're like, oh, hold on. like." My only issue with that sort of story arc is that do you think if you didn't watch the first eight episodes and only the last two, you would only need to have watched that? Because technically the murderer is only introduced in like the last couple or she's only well, more no, prevalent. No, she, she was in season one. Was she? Yeah, she was in season oh, one. Wow. Yeah, she was in season one. I cannot remember her at but all. But she's very much a, a... She's not even a secondary character. She's like a tertiary character. But no, she was in tertiary. season one. Tertiary? I didn't know you get tertiary. I knew you get tertiary colors. Yeah, tertiary. But not tertiary characters. <laughs> I don't know if you can. I've, characters. I've said she's a tertiary character. <laughs> so one of the things I really enjoyed about it was the dynamic between Charles and Oliver. Yes. Which is just... That's where the most of the comedy comes from, and I love it. Their one-liners are fantastic. And there was something that you found particularly funny because you said it was basically me, which was when Charles and Oliver couldn't understand Lucy. Yes. Who is the Charles daughter step- of a partner that he used to have. Yeah, so... Would you just say stepdaughter? Well, say stepdaughter I'll say step-daughter just daughter. to... Her. He's no longer with her mother, but no. she is essentially his stepdaughter. Who's, what would you say, in her late teens? Yeah. And the way she speaks, I mean, I couldn't understand her, <laughs> for God's sake. You couldn't either. No. No. Because no. that's I how you think I am around the younger generation. I could understand more than you. And I'm not 30, but I struggle to understand them. Not like, 30 Like, yet. what the fuck is Riz? I still I, don't understand that. I, I I could tell you what Riz was, because we, we had your... Don't, don't bother, because you're wasting your breath. We had your one of your younger cousins at Christmas test you on young lingo, and she said... Young Riz. lingo? Do you know how old you sound now? <laughs> It's called um, slang. Slang. She had she tested you on slang, and I could answer all of them, and you could answer none of them. And Riz was one of them. <laughs> one of the annoying things, though, that I didn't like about this season was Amy Schumer. I'm just not a fan of her. I'm just not a fan of her. I don't find her that funny. I didn't understand her character. I, I feel like they just put her in there to put her in there. Yeah, a weird choice as well. Yeah. I think in the first season they had Sting. Yeah, which I think was to show the calibre of the apartment building because they had celebrities in it, but oh, I just, I'm just not a fan yeah. of hers. What about Cara Delevingne? I thought she was quite good in this, I thought she was good in this as well. Yeah, she played the part very well. Although I didn't really understand why they needed a lesbian angle in this out of nowhere. The thing, that, the thing is that there wasn't any build-up to it. No. They just kissed. And so I wouldn't, regardless of who it was that was doing that, I was just like, wait, what? That was so random. Why did they just like get it on? For it no just reason? seemed a bit shoehorned in there. Like There was no reason for it. There was no build-up to it, and that was the issue. I, they were just kissing. 
So one thing I quite liked was that each character went through a serious storyline. Yes. So Mabel went through her the trouble she was having with the media, that they were all playing the murder on her, and the stress was really getting to her, and how everyone now wanted to be her friend and get to know her based on her past. Yeah, because they were intrigued by whether she was the killer or not, and mm-hmm. all the trauma she'd kind of had in her past. So Charles's serious storyline is that he's lonely, and he's that lonely he results to spending time with Jan in the jail. Yeah. The woman that tried to kill him. Yeah, I feel like that's just kind of glossed over. He does mention it, but she did try and murder him. It's quite sad, though, if you're that lonely for or that desperate for female companionship. Yeah, I feel that's a bit odd, because I understand why he was like that in the first season. But he does now have Mabel and Oliver. And Lucy. And Lucy, yeah, Lucy's back. But it's different than having a, a partner. Yeah, like a like a love interest. Yeah. Also yeah. that attention. Also, it's a shame because he's a catch. He's a good looking guy. He's got this fancy apartment in New York. He was a famous actor. Like he, he's he could do money. a lot worse. He's got money. Yeah. Hey, I would go with him. He's he's also in this like famous podcast. You'd think if anything, women would be approaching him, but Oliver's storyline is he has a bit of a Jeremy Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what way of fitting it, yeah. Moment. In which he finds out his son is not actually his. That is such a sad storyline, particularly because Oliver doesn't tell his son. And he, he says to... What's his first name? D- is D- Demas or Dinas is his surname. What's his first Dimas. name? What's his first name, though? Pep- no, Pepper. So he plays a modern family. Teddy. Teddy. Yeah, and he says to Teddy, like, don't tell him. Like, I can't lose my son. It's nice to see Oliver play a serious role. I feel like sad. his son knew... Yeah. But he was like, that doesn't really make you my dad. Yeah, because at the end, does he not say, I've got something to tell you? And he's like, you you are my dad. Like, you'll always That be was a dad. lovely moment. That was heartwarming. Yeah, that was a, it was really nice. So there's a little bit of trivia here mm-hmm. for only murders in the building. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that? Yeah, it's only murders in the building, not yeah. murderers. Murderers is the... Tina Fey's podcast yeah. in the show. Cinda Canning. Well, I did not know that. <laughs> so the first bit of trivia is... What's his name? Teddy's son. Oh, oh, what is his name? We'll just call him Teddy's son. Teddy's son. So he's deaf. Yes. He's deaf in real life. Okay. And the, the actor who played Teddy only had six weeks to learn ASL in time for the role. Oh, wow. He also needed to learn it quite fluently because he's got to do emotional scenes with him. And obviously, you've it's, got yeah. to convey emotion while doing the hand gestures well it's also it's got to be believable because his son is all grown up his son is a proper adult like i'd say like early Mm -hmm. 30s so if you've been he's got to look like he's been signing for 30 plus years not just six weeks that's also the second deaf character we've covered today yeah it is so there we go it is must be the deaf week he is a good he's a good character and i i like to see their relationship because it's quite complicated particularly because of the fact that he kind of murdered somebody we still don't really know if he pushed her if she slipped i don't think we know if he's not come to terms with either he still questions himself yeah because you hear him say that he's like i replay that scene over and over in my head and i still don't know did i be sure did she fall on a lighter note they did talk to us about the asl motion for glitter yeah. Which is almost like jazz hands. Yeah, I know, I like it. I like, it's interesting 
they showed a bit of ASL and taught a bit of ASL. And it's also really interesting to see Mabel and how she was like, yeah, like, I can't understand you. And even how he said, I only get about 30% of what you say when you're lip reading. And she was like, oh, I thought with lip reading, you could just lip read. And he was like, no, I can only get about 30%. That was that, interesting. That was quite useful, actually. I quite like that. Yeah. Uh, little notion. Also, the title card that appears at the start of each episode has a little bar at the bottom of it with a timestamp. That tells you the length of each episode. Really? Yes. So if you look at it, I think you see a bar fill up. Yeah, for like the podcast. Yes. So that's ah. how long each episode is. That's pretty cool. Here's a little tidbit for you. Yeah. Hey, imagine if our podcast got as big as Only Murders in the Building. Hey, it's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Have faith, love. <laughs> Finally, what do you think is going to happen in season three? It's a bit odd because... A bit like they did at the end of season one. They kind of gave you a preview of what to expect. A hook. Yeah, a hook. So they, they gave you the murder, which is Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's in it? Yeah. What a great choice. But there's clearly a thing between him and Charles. Because they kind of... Charles mm-hmm. has said something like, you have to tell her. He is... Po- is he poisoned? I think he's poisoned. I think so. He's poisoned because he collapses in the middle of a stage performance. Yeah, of Oliver's production. Very and interesting. And that's where it cuts off. Yeah, I know that Meryl Streep, I'm sure, is in season three as well. Is she? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm sure she's... Do you like a bit of Meryl Streep? Because I remember seeing adverts for only murders in the building and thinking it looked good. And then I remember seeing Meryl Streep and being like, oh, hello. If you can pull in, like, Steve Martin, Martin Short. Yep. Selena Gomez, Paul Rudd, Meryl Streep, you must be doing something right. Not Amy Schumer. We'll leave her off that list. Yeah, I'll leave her out. (laughs) (laughs) Now, finally... This is the show that you're absolutely buzzing to talk Mm. about. It's The Traitors. The final. So we watched the final three episodes. So again, just a quick overview of the show. There's 22 contestants that arrive at a castle in Scotland with the hopes of winning a share of £120,000. Up to. They have to win. Yeah, they do challenges to win. money. the players are referred to as the faithful, but among them are the traitors, a group of contestants who are selected by Claudia whose goal is to eliminate the faithful and win the prize money for themselves. Right, if you're in the UK and you've not been watching this, you are missing out. It's great telly, isn't it's it? It's fantastic. And also, if you go back to episode one of the podcast, I said that we weren't going to watch it, and I caved, and I'm so glad I caved. Now you're fucking hooked. It is a brilliant piece of television. So, leaving off for where we are last week. Yeah. The first, there was three episodes this week, including mm-hmm. the final first episode we saw ross get banished yeah can you believe that oh yeah i can it's it's a shame because he was either going to destroy the traitors from the inside or he was gonna fall at the first Mm. hurdle and he fell at the first hurdle he also tried to out andrew yeah at the end when andrew had outed harry to ross i really think that if andrew hadn't mentioned harry's name harry's name to ross he would have been fine I wish you could go back when at the time when Andrew was saying it, I was like, no. Like, Wait, no, the time I was saying it? No. Or him? Him. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. So he kind of signed his own Death banishment then. Blessing. Another thing that I thought was quite funny was Zach, who started accusing people of murder or accusing people of being a traitor at breakfast. Yeah, I was like, like come on, Zach. Let's... They're having their Weetabix and there's oh. blokes in your face questioning yeah. you. Yeah, I'm like, can you have breakfast? Save your interrogation for the night time, mate. I must admit, I couldn't have 
been with Zach for that length of time. Like if I he was done your tits in. Yeah, he would have done. And I get it because he was trying to play the game and and that's why you're there. But I'm like, let me have my breakfast first, mate. <laughs> now, in the next episode, we saw Zach get murdered. Yes. Which you were pretty happy about. Yes. <laughs> it had to be Zach or Jazz that they murdered. I think Zach would have figured it out. It's interesting because at the end, Harry said about how he'd underestimated Jazz. And I was like, yeah, because we obviously saw that Jazz was fucking on it. But he only told the he viewers. He only told the viewers. He didn't tell any of the other contestants yeah. his theories. Yeah. At hey, the, he got to the final, so fair play to him. At the end of the semi-final, we saw Jasmine get banished. Yeah. And Evie, again, effectively signed her own banishment with that. The one thing that I found quite funny about the final was they were all nicety nice to each other. Yeah. Until the banishing. Yeah. And then it turned into a pit of snakes. Yeah, it it must be so difficult, like when they were having their final dinner, and Harry kind of touched on this in Uncloaked, the podcast about it, that you have developed genuine connections with these people. As much as Harry knew he was a traitor, and they all know they're there for a game and to win money, you can't help but if you're spending that much time with people, develop genuine friendships and connections. So it must be difficult to sit there and be like, damn, I really like you, but I am a traitor and we are playing a game at the end of the day. No, when there's 95 grand on the table, I'm fucking somebody over. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I could do it. You just it. met these people two weeks ago. I know. I just don't think I could do it. I well, would be out of being Molly. Well, opposites attract. Yeah. That's why we're together. <laughs> Tell you what, you can, go, uh, you can go on the traitors and I'll just watch you. <laughs> You'd make a shit traitor. You know yeah, that. I can't lie. You'd be I good can't faithful, lie for but you shit traitor. Yeah, I can't lie for shit. So in the final, we saw Evie get eliminated first. Yeah. Followed by Andrew. Yeah. Who had a really weird moment where before he got banished, he decided to gun it at Harry. Yeah, well, I think he knew that he was going. And he was like, if I'm going, I'm taking you down with me. Which, it is the game. And Harry would have done that to him because Harry, you see Harry being like, what the fuck? But I was like, Harry, you were doing that anyway. You were going to write Andrew's name Regardless of if he, he was came going to write or Andrew's or name. Yeah. I really liked Andrew. Such a, He's just a big teddy bear. I just want to give him a hug and be like, you're doing okay. Because he didn't want to be a traitor. No, he didn't. He's such a nice bloke. He didn't want to lie. He didn't want to deceive. He just wanted to be a good dude. Yeah. And I remember him... And he got him, punished for that. I know. I remember him saying at the end, like, I'm so glad I can just be me again because this was actually really tough. So after that, we saw Jazz, who we both loved, because he managed to figure everything out. Yeah, see, I wasn't a fan of jazz, really, other than the fact that I was like, You've, you're the only one that's got them all. The only thing is with jazz that I think people are overestimating is he got the two traitors right, but he also had about 100 other theories. Yeah. It just happened that two of them were right and they were the right two, but he had a lot of other shit ones that people didn't have. Yeah, because I think the thing is he cottoned on, he cottoned on early, I think mainly by like gut feelings but he didn't have the evidence to back them up. So he was like, I just know Paul is, but I don't have the evidence yet. So there's no point in me bringing it up because I'm going to look shady if I bring it up without evidence. But he did bring up Harry's name yeah. before he went out. And I yeah. think that just sowed the seed of doubt in Molly's head. You could tell that Molly knew before she'd even written the name down. We'll discuss the, that bit in a minute. But when... well, Why don't you talk about that? Because we're onto that bit now. Well, yeah, so you could tell that he had sown the seeds and you could tell Molly was doubting. I was still shocked when she started to write Harry. I was just when she rubbed it out. I, I was like screaming at the TV because when she wrote the H 
I was like, no way, no way, she's going to do it, she's going to do it. And you saw her, like, well, it mm. looked like she finished Harry. And then just at the last minute, she went, can I change it? I was like, no. Oh, and- I felt so bad because Jazz had told her and she knew, she did know. She just didn't want to write She just couldn't do it. She just couldn't do it, which I understand. Also, if she was wrong. that's the, Well, that's the thing. It's as much as you're like 99% sure if there's that 1% and you're like, I could cut my best mate in here out of the money. She'd feel horrible. She would feel horrible. And I think she would have felt more horrible about that than mm-hmm. writing his name down. And, yeah. So she didn't. She wrote Jazz's name, yeah. which kicked out Jazz. Yeah. And then two were left, the final two. Yeah. If they're both faithful, they both keep the money. If there's mm-hmm. a traitor in there, he keeps the money. Yep. Molly says she's a faithful. She's looking at Harry and she's saying, don't you dare. Yeah, she don't knew. Don't you dare. She knew. And then Harry, bless him, he looked like he'd rather be anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Said he's a traitor and you can just see Molly's face turn white. Well, she and she says, swore. Yeah, she said like, fuck off. And she never it. swears. Yeah. She had to go and apologise to her mum because of that. Yeah. Because she doesn't swear, bless her. I remember saying to you that it must be such, as, as great as it would be to win 95 grand, it must be such a weird way to win because when he won at the end, Claudia said to him, how do you feel? And he's like, I don't know how to feel because you feel really shit, but you've also just won 95 grand, but you've like betrayed mm-hmm. people. And then at the end, nobody's happy like you've not got a team like if you win a game show like we were talking about limitless win and in decorative for you the crowd is pleased for you but it's just him and claudia and the last person to see him that knows that he won was like fuck quite right quite rightly it was like fuck off and stormed off and i was like that's it's just such a shame to that's your only celebrations with claudia there's no like if i won 95 grand and i was on my todd i'd be all right i just thought it was a bit sad it's a bit weird but I think that, well, that's the point of the game, isn't it? It's like, if you can do that to people, like, oh, it yeah. Was, it was great telly. Now, oh, fantastic. TV. We would definitely recommend this series to anyone watching. If you've never seen The Traitors before, watch this series. Yeah. Also, if you can't be arsed watching the whole series, watch the last 15 minutes of the final. It is gripping telly. Yeah, it is the best TV I've seen in a long, long time. And we're going to be watching it next year. Yeah, it's sure. so... we might actually watch season one of the traitors. Yeah, because we didn't watch season one, but it's I've never before, well, not in a long time, watched something where every episode has me like I was grabbing you and I was like, oh, "What's gonna happen now?" And look at this, look at this. It was just so exciting to have something so engaging. And the best part is, I was talking about this with somebody else, and I was watching the traitors, and we were saying the best part of it, and if they keep it this way, is there's no wannabes if that makes sense like you know how big brother in the end it was like people who wanted to get celebrity love island they're not interested in love after like the first season or two they're interested in the sponsorship deals and the fame so if the traitors can keep that element of it where it is just normal people but the trouble is it's so big now i don't know i just hope they can keep that i think they will i I think they'll mix up the game a little bit yeah i think so We're, we're buzzing for it anyway yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. So that's us finish with the TV portion of the podcast. We're now into video games. I'll go first. I've finished Star Wars Jedi The Fallen Order yep. for the PS5. So I did all the collectible hunting. Is this something you do in games as well? Like oh. do complete all the side missions, go back and get all the collectibles? Well, the thing is, I don't normally play games that have that. Because I play games that are never ending. <laughs> like, So you get your money's worth out of your game. 
yeah, like Disney Dreamlight Valley doesn't really have an end. So there's not like a you defeat the big bad guy mm. and that's it. Hogwarts Legacy is the first game I've played that's that's like that in its nature. So I I'll guess I'll find out. The collectibles in this game I don't think were worth going back on, so I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. Because uh, all you really got to do was you got to change the colour of your poncho, oh. the colour of your starship and your little mini droid. You already, maybe the colours of your lightsaber as well. It's not the well, best customization I've seen on a game. It's not even mediocre. Well, the other thing is like, you're finished the game. So even if you get the lightsaber colour that you wanted, it's too little too late almost. Well, it was fun going back and defeating enemies now that I'm fully upgraded. Yeah. And I've got all my skills. Yeah. And the enemies were quite good, actually. The best. The best. There was like a goat slug. Yeah, I was going to say the best enemy that you had was this weird goat slug thing. Because I remember just glancing up and being like, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) It was just weird because you had spiders, you had rams, you had little piggies, goat slugs. Yeah, then you had the standard ones like stormtroopers and stuff. They were good. At one point, did you not have like a giant kind of frog thing yep there's a there's a couple of giant frogs love yeah there's this i just remember certain times i'd look up and be like what are you fighting (laughs) yeah i think they'd run out of ideas by that point yeah but were a lot of the kind of people that you were defeating from the star wars universe did you recognize them or was there new ones in there the only one that i really recognized darth vader came in at the end oh did he he did Ah, okay that was the only other than that it was your basic stormtroopers but like the goat slugs, were they in Star Wars? No, nope. uh, not that I remember. No, what about the spiders? Nope. Interesting. No, no, not Harry okay. Potter, love. Not well, Aragog. Well, like the spiders, I said to you, it's like the spiders that I try and defeat in Hogwarts Legacy, yeah. very similar. No, not that I'd seen. Um, I was also, I was not a fan of the hollow map. Mm, so you yeah. press the middle button on the PlayStation controller and it brings up a holographic map. Yeah. Which shows all the different levels of the planet you're on. But it's massive and it's difficult to navigate to. There's also no fast travel. Oh, that's annoying. So if I need to go to the other end of a a map, I've got to do all this sort of uncharted gaming Mm. where I've got to climb across ledges, swing across vines. could be like 25 minutes. Mm. And then I've got to go all the way back and check the map, make sure I go around this corner. Bit of a faff. Yeah. Also, the loading times if you died during battle could be like 30 seconds long okay wasn't a fan of that the combat is worth it though Mm -hmm. like your lightsaber fights with enemies was great Mm -hmm. really enjoyed that i would still recommend it if you are a star wars fan go and play this game Mm -hmm. what did you think though casually watching me play it i thought the graphics were really good and i like that the as you said the combat with the lightsabers there's really cool moments like when we spoke about this before when you're like flick it behind you and it and deflects stuff. a bullet right back to somebody and kills yeah them. that's pretty cool the graphics and the worlds were really it was really interesting to see because a lot of the time if i was like reading my book or playing my game or whatever and look up you'd be in a different environment and some of them were, were really beautiful i'll speak about my next game in the next section so yep. now it's your turn mm-hmm. you've been on hogwarts legacy again yes i've been back to it because i've had a bit of time and i've managed to bump you off your playstation so that i can <laughs> i can play it <laughs> So how far are you through Hogwarts Legacy? I'm about, I think I'm 46% through the challenges, but I don't... It's very specific that you remember that. Yeah, it was only because I was playing it earlier today. (laughs) But I don't actually know how far through the game I am. That's the confusing bit, because I think the challenges are separate to the game, but I don't know if it's tied in. There's, I think I've unlocked quite a lot of stuff currently, so I feel like I must be 
maybe about maybe I'm about forty six percent through the game. So what's your favorite spell so far? My favorite spell so far. Oh, I don't remember all of them. The, well, the thing is, the cool thing about the spells isn't the particular ones. It's like when you do all the combos. The ancient magic ones are pretty cool. When you like build up the combos and you get to hit them with an ancient magic, like one of them, you're basically like bashing them off the ground. Which the is only cool. thing is, you try and save that. I think you should use it more often. Well, the thing is, you never know what baddie's coming next. Because I remember I did that before where I used an ancient magic. Because once you've used it, you need to build it up again. I used it and then like one of the ones that's really difficult to kill came and I was like, oh, if I'd left that. So that's it. You kind of hold it back for the easier ones because you never know what's around the corner. What's your favourite thing been to fight? I like fighting the goblins because they're easy. (laughs) You don't like a challenge in a game, do you? No. Well, I don't mind. I like challenges that challenge you a bit but some of the the baddies in it are really difficult like the they're called like pensive soldiers i think they're called oh i got you to do one of them for me because it's really difficult that was quite that was a tricky mission yeah i think it helps that i did a bit of reading up on it so i know a little bit more on how to defeat them but the first few times i was like this is so difficult but i feel like my skills are getting better you're a lot better at rpg games when you first started playing i had to do the first couple of boss battles because you were really struggling with the controller having the angle in the camera while you're running yeah well that's the thing is that i'm not used to games where i do that and i'm also not used to playing on a playstation i'm used to playing on a switch when it was like press square for this i'm like oh where's that again <laughs> which one's the square button yeah so it took me a bit of time to get used to that but i feel like it's becoming more second nature now and also i'm starting to realize how to fight well mm. and i've got better gear and i'm starting to understand the potion so as the, as the game goes on i'm starting to, to get it a bit more now we're going on to a new section of the podcast what's been your favorite moment on our screens this week so interesting because up until the traitors final i would have said something from only murders in the building but it has to be the traitors final when molly wrote down harry's name and changed it yeah because i just couldn't believe it see i'm the same because originally i had written down it was when Charles gets his stunt double to visit the jail for him. <laughs> to break up. To break up with Jan. I thought that yeah, was just... Yeah, because he's too scared to break up with her. genius. That was brilliant. Because his, if you haven't watched it, his stunt double, she played... Somebody in Glee. Yeah, she played the coach in Glee. What's her, was her name Sue? I think her yes. name was Sue in Glee. So that was brilliant. That was really good. But I'm going to have to go with the traitors final. That yeah. last 10, 15 minutes was just excellent TV. It, I was I was gripped. I was sweating at one point. Yeah, so was I. Oh my God. I honestly didn't know how it was going to go because I was like, this is going to be really boring because we think Harry's going to win. And then when you saw Jazz getting Molly's head, yeah, fantastic. (laughs) Brilliant. Second question, who's been your MVP? It can be a character or a real person. Ooh, it's got to be Jazz. Got to be Jazz. Got to be Jazz. I love the fact that on Twitter X or whatever it's called, he's known as... Jazzitha Christie. And he didn't have a fucking clue. And he clue didn't have a clue because he doesn't have social media. It's got gotta be Jazz. Well done, Jazz. Uh, also Harry, because he did play He a played game. the game well. He did. I give him props. He, he played did. the game and he won. Yeah. I'm going with Steve Martin, who plays yeah. Charles, because yeah. he's still making me laugh twenty years after I seen his first couple of films. What was the first film you saw him in? Cheaper by the dozen. Yeah, me too. Then the Pink Panther, then mm. his Christmas film Mixed Nuts. I've, just, not, I've not seen that. I just find him, I find him like Jim Carrey, where I just have to look at him and I laugh. Was he in, he wasn't in Meet the Parents and Meet the Flockers. Did he do like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or something? Potentially, I've not seen it. I feel like there was something like that, but yeah, cheaper by the dozen. I don't know what other question 
would warrant an answer of Jazz from the Traitors and Steve Martin. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm quite chuffed with that. (laughs) It's very true. It's just the one-liners in Only Murders in the Building are so good. Comedic timing is just off the charts. Yeah, he's fantastic. So now we're at the final section, which is what's coming up next week. I'm going to watch Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. I'm about half an hour in. I'm hoping to watch the rest of the mammoth three-hour movie. Fucking hell, is it long? Three Mm. and a half hours? That's getting Lord of the Rings territory. Yeah, that's true. Goat territory. Yeah, that's true. So, fingers crossed, I'll get that watched. We're also going to the cinema this yes. week to watch Priscilla. We are, we're booked to see Priscilla. We're also planning on doing a lot more cinema trips. Yeah, we are starting to plan plan those out. Because we think having more current films in the pod would be beneficial for listeners and for us to talk about. I think as well, the cinema is something that we've both missed because there wasn't a lot of variety last no. year, a lot of good films. And this year already, in February, we've got like three or four we want to go and see. So we want to make the most of it. It's also one of these things that I've been told could be a dying art form as a cinema. So I don't mind pumping a bit of money yeah. into it to hopefully keep it alive. Yeah, because we said, it's this is showing our age now, but we said we would hate for our kids, if they grow up, to not experience it or to, for like, to say to us, what's a cinema? That'd be so sad. That would be very sad. So yeah, try and save our cinemas. So on to TV shows. I've got the Echo season finale. Yes. Which I'm buzzing for. We've got Scrubs Season 4. Yes. To get into that when we yep. get a few episodes watched. We've got the Anton Deck Limitless Win, which I'm I'm looking forward to this because I'm I buzz about it every week now. Yes. We've got Martin Lewis to catch up on, so mm-hmm. different ways to save money. Oh, we're gonna be busy. We are gladiators. Yes. Love glad- I gladiators. I think we might give up on the Michael Bosley health show. Yeah, I think we've we've we missed m- the boat on that. We we're might too busy. come back to it if we have a slow week. Might we'll see, because obviously we're we're also watching one Tree Hill for other podcasts that'll be coming out because I would like to continue with Only Murders, the, but we'll see. The listeners must think we're sad knackers with all the stuff we watch. It's not just that, like, we, we are busy people. <laughs> we just make time for our screens. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's something that we, we both enjoy, so... Something we both have a passion about. But I am, look, Priscilla is going to be the big one for me this week. I'm looking forward to that. Are we going to nip it in the bud for the billion pound cruise? Because it would be really interesting, but... With everything else going on. I know. I think as well, we didn't realise it's a series. I thought it was just a one-off Yeah, show. I thought it was a one-off. And I don't think we can pull that series into our roster. Sad we'll news see. is that we're finished the Traitors. I know. So no Traitors this week for another year. I know. But what a good thing to look forward to in January. Because January is a terrible month. So to know that you've got the Traitors coming is... Whew. Thank fuck. Because it felt like a, it was like a six-week month, this one. Yeah, I know. I would have honestly thought that the Traitors has been on for weeks and weeks and weeks but it's only been like three or four weeks in gaming news i'm going to be playing gta vice city yes so i'm trying to get through a few of the gta's before the next one comes out at the end of next year this reminds me i sent you i don't think you got a chance to look at it this new game is out it's not available on playstation or switch yet so we can't play it unless i get it for pc but i don't think i will i think i'll wait it's called pal world have you heard of it no so it it came out at the beginning of the week when I sent you the article, it'd been out for four days mm-hmm. and it had had however many billion downloads, I'm oh. sure. So it's taken the gaming world by storm and it's saying that it's crossing all the genres. So like cozy gamers, RPG gamers, whatever, everybody's playing it. It's available for all ages, but there's a bit of kind of controversy about it because it is a very blatant mashup of a lot of famous games. So 
people are calling it Pokemon with guns. It's basically a mashup of Zelda. The font is Zelda. Mm-hmm. It's Zelda's, it looks like Zelda's font. The creatures look like Pokemons and there's guns a bit like Fortnite and I think you build a bit like Fortnite. So they were saying, yes, it's a great game and people are loving it, but it's such a, it doesn't even hide the fact it's ripping these games off. No, I'll have to watch the trailer for it or something, a little bit of gameplay. We'll see if it's going to come out on PlayStation or Switch because I'd quite like mm-hmm. for us to play it because I'm interested to see, one, what all the fuss is about and two, just how much it has ripped these <laughs> games off. Okay, you, you're surprising me with this. My job is to surprise you on this podcast. I thought I'd throw that in there, keep you on your toes. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to reading about that. Might go and do that after this podcast, go and have a little look into that. So that's us at the end. Again, if there's any films or shows or games that you guys are watching or want to request for us to watch and review, please email them in at weeklyscreeningpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's weeklyscreeningpodcast at gmail.com. I'll just interrupt you. If you've played Power World, please let us know what you thought. <laughs> I did have a little thing, so you've interrupted me there. I'm oh, sorry. So before we go, we would like to say thank you for listening. This is our first go at podcasting, so we do appreciate you sticking with us at the rough beginning. And as the show goes on, hopefully the format will get a little bit more structured as we find our feet. Yeah. And we hope you like our new intro and outro music. It was the best five quid I've spent in a while. <laughs> yeah, we see the downloads every week and them going up every week, so that's quite exciting. It spurs us on. It does. We might introduce questions from the public in the future. Yeah. If we start getting emails in, but we'll yeah. wait and see. Yeah. That's a wrap, guys. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye.